Welcome everybody back to the Real Dads Podcast, a movie podcast about real movies by fake dads. Today, now that he has swapped all of his streaming services with friends and family to watch these Oscar movies, it's Roger Brandsetter. What's up, Roger? We're saving money. That's the entire goal of this. Uh, I would be lying if I said that I didn't place uh, some orders I may not have needed on Amazon for Amazon Prime Day pickups, specifically to get those digital credits to completely just blow on movie rentals for this, one of my favorite, favorite times of year. Yeah, that um, we will eventually get to this point of the conversation, and that's where to watch some of these Oscar-related movies, but we kind of want to... Um, break things down a little bit for you, uh, kind of point out what's being nominated, uh, what's being snubbed, and uh, talk a little bit about what you should probably watch um, before the big show. Uh, the big show not being Super the Bowl Sunday game? this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the real big show, the one without a host, the one with 10 Best Picture nominations this season. It's a fucking big slate of movies that they're going to be covering. It's a smorgasbord, as our Norse friends say it. I don't remember what language that's from. Probably. Anyway, um, let's talk Best Picture nominations, because that's, uh, that's what everybody's here for. The Best Picture nominations are as follows. We have Belfast, directed by Mr. Kenneth Branagh. I haven't watched that one yet. That one apparently is on uh, Video On Demand. Uh, we might as well talk about this point right now is that at least half of these movies are very hard to find right now. They're, you're either paying like a $20 rental fee on demand to watch these movies, which ultimately isn't that bad, but we have at least two, three other movies that are only in theaters right now and are not available to stream. And we don't know if they're going to be available to stream before March 27th. That's when the Oscars are um have you checked out belfast yet roger i have not that's on my list obviously uh as it's a best picture well i would say front runner at this point it's that and power of the dog spoilers and uh no i haven't seen it i would like to uh i think that's going to be one of those event movies where it's not like me just ripping through uh some of the lower uh quantity nominees on the list but seems good. I don't know. Seems Irish. Yeah, I mean, I'll get there. It was definitely, uh, there was some conversation around the film when uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth dropped because that was another movie that was in black and white. Um, so th there was a little bit of comparing and contrasting, not that the subject matter is anywhere close to the same. Um, next up, we have Coda, uh, which was a little bit of a surprise to me. That one's been on Apple TV+. Plus. For a little while now, it's directed by uh, Cyan Heder, or Heater. I don't know if it's how it's pronounced, but CODA, for those that don't know, uh, is Child of Death Adults. That's what that stands for. So it is a movie about um, uh, deaf parents or deaf family as a whole. I, I haven't seen it yet, so 
I have. I can detail that. Yeah, you'll have to speak more to it. It's uh, it's a coming-of-age film, which I did not necessarily know going in. I thought it was going to be... Like, it is, obviously, there's some serious subject matter and there's conflict because it is a movie. Uh, but there's definitely a great quantity of lighthearted moments, which I did not necessarily ex- uh, expect going in. And that's available on Apple+. Plus, and it has been for over a year at this point. And I think that's pretty wild that it was released, like... I think it was like last January <laughs> that it was released and for it to have the staying power to get a best picture nomination is uh, kind of an accomplishment. And I would recommend that everybody watch it. It was, uh, I had a lot of heart, which is not a thing that I would say about uh, some of the movies on here. Yeah. I'm honestly a little bit shocked that it was even in the like window for movies that are eligible to be nominated for an academy award but i mean this this is just a great opportunity for representation though uh not necessarily in um bringing different looking people to the stage but people who have uh different abilities and who are not always represented in movies uh particularly uh american stuff people just because uh, I don't know. I think it has a little bit to do with the fact that people are like, well, why would we make this movie about deaf people? Because we don't want everybody sitting in a theater reading subtitles forever. But as the great Bong Joon-ho taught us a couple of years ago, it's that you can see a lot of great films if you're willing to just take some time to read the subtitles, that bottom two to three inches of your TV screen and just enjoy cinema that's i mean if you if you can't do that you're missing great stuff like parasite like roma there's just a ton of good movies that are uh subtitle heavy Um, i feel i think it's interesting it's the second year sound of metal is in a one-to-one but uh is it does focus on hearing impaired hearing loss as well it's cool that that has been a thing for two years in a row and it is like other than those two films the only other thing that i can think of off the top of my head that featured anyone with deafness was like i don't know in the west wing marley matlin had a couple of like it was a recurring role and probably like six total episodes that was 20 years ago i i had totally forgotten about uh sound of metal that was another great movie um to watch and just have that sort of experience that you don't really see projected on screen. I'm trying to think of other movies in which there is a disability at play, but usually those are like biopics, I feel like. Um, I'm, the only one that comes to mind right now is Ray, uh, and Ray was blind, so that's a pretty obvious one. I, I'm sure there are other ones that I'm just not thinking about the top of my head. Anyway, moving on, um, we have Jane Campion's Power of the Dog, uh, which is might be this year's Nomadland uh, because it is leading the way with 12 nominations. It is directed by a woman. It is a movie that, again, this is something that you're going to have to speak more to because I haven't gotten to it just yet. Uh, It just seems like a movie that's a little bit more less, it's less modern. Um, I feel like it has to do with a different era than what we're used to or a different lifestyle that we're used to. And that's kind of what No Bad Land was getting at last year. Um, so what, have, what do you have to say about Jesse Plemons and the power of the dog? Oh, well, Jesse Plemons is great. 
Uh, so there's two supporting actor nomination nominations. Uh, excuse me, everyone. I'm drinking a smoothie <laughs> while we're doing this. Uh, so Jesse Plemons was awesome. He's this normal, weird, kind of quiet, reserved self. Uh, Cody Smith McPhee is the I, I, like he is the supporting actor, but he almost is in a co-lead role with Benedict Cumberbatch. And he just blew me away in this movie. It was he was incredible. Yeah, it is definitely dealing with a different era. It's uh, it is a period piece. I think it's like kind of the like the end of the West sort of. Uh, some video game heads will kind of get the reference to like a Red Dead Two type of situation where uh, like there there are cars, but there most people like ride horses, and it's about kind of. The, just trying to uh, settle out west a little bit, um, but it, yeah, it's it's a little slower I think than people might expect a Benedict Cumberbatch movie to be, but it's really widely available as it's on Netflix. And if you have a 4K TV, you should watch it in 4K uh, because it's absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, I'll definitely be getting to this one. Uh, like we said, it's on Netflix, so that one's. Not- not a hard one for most people to find, despite the fact that they're raising their damn prices for a standard definition, which makes absolutely no sense because they need better content in order to do that. Um, could be a big year for, for Benny C. He's nominated for Best Actor for this movie. Um, likely will The movie itself will likely bring home some hardware and then uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's coming out in a couple of months. As uh, we as we know, that doesn't guarantee any hardware at all. <laughs> absolutely not. Um, <laughs> uh, snubs later. Um, next up, Don't Look Up, which is one that I had watched right away. Um, that one's directed by Adam McKay. Adam McKay is kind of been a regular fixture now um, in not just the best picture categories but he's been able to get some other get some people and himself thrust into other categories as well in the past couple of years whether that's through vice or the big short he's uh definitely cranking out these kinds of movies this one um of course stars leo leonardo dicaprio he didn't get a best actor nomination but it's worth watching at just to see him and jennifer lawrence um do great work on screen together. Jonah Hill and Meryl Streep are just absolutely outrageous in that movie. It's very funny. Um, I might have to watch it again, though, because almost immediately after that, I saw, like, some chatter on Twitter and stuff. So this is just very straw man. But I saw some chatter about it possibly winning Best Picture. Um, And there was some pro Best Picture... uh, people out there who are like this is just good for the award shows to have something a little off kilter win uh and then we had some people be like oh no i'm afraid don't look up is going to win best picture so where do you sit on it because you're you're an adam mckay guy yeah uh that's my middle name is adam mckay uh i like don't look up a great deal uh i struggle with where to put it in the pantheon of adam mckay movies as i believe we previously discussed Yes. Were it to win, I would be supportive. I feel like he's over... Well, so he didn't get a Best Director nomination, which I think is... I don't know. It's I 
don't know if it's his absolute best, but he's also been nominated for best director for not his absolute best. Uh, if it won, I'd be happy with it, mostly because I think, I mean, this will be a political statement for whatever dumb reason, but uh, I think a movie about that alludes to climate crisis would be, I don't know, kind of important. I think it's more important than uh, aging cowboy movie or uh, Kenneth Branagh and Ireland movie, but I don't know. I think that's a worthy inclusion. I like that there are a couple of not kooky kooky's the wrong word, but uh, off kilter, as you said, movies that are included this year. Um, I think it makes it probably a little bit more accessible for what the average viewer probably watches. I don't think most families are going to sit down and watch drive my car or Coda or power of the dog on a standard night, but I could see someone flicking on a don't look up just for fun as lighthearted as it is at the end. Yeah. Um, don't look up just based on these 10 pictures other than, I don't know, maybe King Richard or licorice pizza. I can see myself watching don't look up the most again in my lifetime. Um, I don't know. It, the other, the, it's just more of a, pop culture events than the rest of them. Um, this, this is something that you should probably just pop on because it's on Netflix. It's an easy watch. Um, also, it has your favorite actor in it. Yeah, it, no matter who your favorite actor is, I'm sure he's in there. He or she are in there somewhere. Um, and that's one of the things about Adam McKay not picking up a Best Director nomination, too, is I just want to mention that uh, Best Picture, despite how much I love that they have 10 nominations, just absolutely flood the field who cares give more movies more opportunities uh best directors only at five so only half of these movies are getting the look and uh we'll get to that category uh not long after but let's move on to drive my car um which has been pretty highly regarded as one of the best films of the year um it is not an english language movie um, I want to say it's a, a Korean film. I think it's Japanese. Oh, you're right. Japanese. Um, so it's a Japanese movie. Uh, it's only in theaters right now, which is a little bit of a buzzkill. Um, with with could... drive, drive My Car and Licorice Pizza, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, are both in theaters. We might just have to swing out there and do like a double feature if we know it's like an uncrowded time. We should go at like 11 a.m., both of us, and go check these films out. Double date or just single date. We could go get a little bit buzzed at East Town. Let's go. Flicks Brewhouse, baby. If you live in Madison, that's the spot. Um, so Drive My Car, uh, directed by, I just had his name up here, uh, Yusuke Hamaguchi, Hamaguchi. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Um, I will look into it and make sure I have the correct uh, pronunciation next time. Um, so this movie is not one that we have seen yet. An aging widowed actor seeks a chauffeur. The actor turns to his go-to mechanic who ends up recommending a 20-year-old girl. Despite their initial misgivings, a very special relationship develops between the two. Um, so it sounds like just a pretty standard relationships type of movie. Uh, the easiest way to go to is just like other classic uh, two people in a small space uh, sharing conversation with each other. Uh, this like 
uh, Green Book or something or Driving Miss Daisy, which are not movies that people like, but it's in a similar vein. Uh, and this one got 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, man, I was going to say Room, <laughs> you know. Room, yes. Room <laughs> is probably a better example because people actually like that movie. <laughs> But yeah, uh, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is rocking a three-hour time stamp. So just if if you're checking that one out before the Oscars, just be prepared to invest some time into it. I'm Um, hoping that comes to streaming. I would like to be able to go to the bathroom and pause that movie. Yeah, that one. I mean, I, I have absolutely no problem watching foreign films and having the subtitles usher me through, but... Uh, much like Tragedy of Macbeth, where the dialogue is heavily dense by our guy Billy Shakes, um, it, it's it's hard to have like the mental capacity to sit like for hours straight and do that. I I do need a break every now and then with movies like that. Uh, let's go on to Dune by the absolute visual god Denis Villeneuve. Um, Dune is nominated for Best Picture. This is probably the noisiest, uh, biggest movie nominated, um, just in terms of scale. And um, if it had been at a box office, it probably would have just smashed. But it had a a hybrid release of HBO Max and um, in theaters, much like Drive My Car, this is a movie where pick your favorite actor and they might be in this movie, whether that's Timothy Chalamet or Zendaya, who's not in it enough, Jason Momoa. Duncan Idaho, baby. (laughs) Duncan Idaho, Oscar Isaac. uh, It's just absolutely stacked. Is your favorite actor Stellan Skarsgård because he plays a giant floating worm man and you should probably see him do that it's gross <laughs> is it, it javier bardem in it too javier bardem is in it yes for like one really great scene oscar with the, isaac with the spit uh but also just kind of towards the end yeah oscar isaac uh, i mentioned who's uh could potentially have a big year himself uh marvel content coming up for him this one i don't see winning best picture uh when i watched it i thought it was a pretty good movie and it was interesting visually i just i just think there are other areas in which voters are going to be like uh yeah i'm not going to give it best picture because i'm going to give it like i'm going to give hans zimmer the best original score or i'm going to give it adapted screenplay or any of the other technical categories like i i think that's more ballpark for for dune yeah it doesn't it sort of slots into the popcorny blockbuster role for this year where like a like a Ford versus Ferrari or Joker or uh, I'm looking at other years but that type of movie where it is it, it's fun to watch and I think the bulk of people like it but it may not speak to the Academy voter but yeah I feel like I could clean up in I don't know, costume, makeup, hair, visual effects for sure, cinematography, sound score, like basically anything except best picture, which um, I think because it got nine other nominations, it should definitely just still get the nod for best picture for that achievement alone. But yeah, I am excited to see Dune again. I think I might get it on 4K disc just because it's 
that fun to watch? Yeah, right now you can only purchase Dune. Um, it's not in theaters. It's not on any streaming service. Despite it being on HBO Max, uh, I kind of had a theory that they would fire Dune back up uh, now that it's nominated for Best Picture. They still might do that in the weeks coming, but um, <clears throat> I tend to think that if they were if there were fewer best picture nominations this year dune would probably of this of these 10 dune would probably be the first one out yeah it's either dune or drive my car i thought that was the last one in yeah that makes sense uh much to what you said in my uh hypothesizing on that is because it's it's the popcorn flick this is the one mm-hmm. they they do because they want Zendaya to show up on the red carpet looking fly as hell like she always does on red carpets. And, you know, they want Jason Momoa there. They want Chalamet there because they didn't give any nomination to French Dispatch. So it's just, I guess he could he can still show up for Don't Look Up. I forgot that he is also in that movie. <laughs> he low-key had a really big year. He was busy. Guys was busy. Um, next up, King Richard. Um, this one is video on demand. I missed it. We talked about that in the last, uh, podcast episode, which is a bit of a bummer. Uh, it's directed by Reynaldo Marcus Green. Um, so it's nice to get a little, uh, black representation in the director's chair for this movie. The highlight of this is that it looks like, uh, Will Smith is the front runner for best actor and that's why king richard is looking like it's in the best picture nomination i haven't seen it just yet they do have a best supporting actress nomination for uh the young woman who i believe played serena williams Anjanu ellis yeah Anjanu ellis so that's pretty awesome um it'll be great to see which the best supporting actress looks like it's completely up in the air right now which is pretty cool but yeah king richard um taking the sports role, the sports movie role for this Ford year. Ford versus Ferrari, perhaps? The Ford v. Ferrari, the... I'm trying to think of another sports movie that actually gets nominated for Best Picture, but in recent years... Not many. Should have been The Way Back, starring Ben Affleck. Um, yeah, King Richard. Uh, th- this is another one that was on HBO Max that... I don't know. Fingers crossed they just, just hopefully put it back on HBO Max, but I feel like there might be between that and Dune, um, perhaps there's also some contractual chicanery going on uh, where the people who release the movie don't want it to go back on HBO Max because that means less people are going to buy it on demand, less people are going to rent it. So we'll, we'll see. I don't know. This might just... We might end up seeing both Dune and King Richard on HBO Max with uh, Best Picture nomination slapped on the top of their picture. It um, seems like that would be a great idea for them. That would drive some subscriber numbers at least. Yeah. I, maybe maybe they're at the table. They're renegotiating, um, being like, hey, we're, we're going back to HBO Max for a month here before the Oscars, and we will give you a percentage of new subscribers. I don't know. Something they should do, though, because not having these films available is a little bit of a disservice, Um, especially for the Academy. They would probably want to fight for that. Uh, Next up, Paul Thomas Anderson. Welcome back to the Oscar stage. Uh, he hasn't been gone very long. Uh, last time was Phantom Thread, a little PT. 
action, which is on Netflix, by the way. Big recommend. Paul Thomas Anderson directed Licorice Pizza, um, which is coming-of-age tale in California. I have not seen this one yet because, as we have just been hammering over the head, uh, there is no streaming option for this. No, you're right with that. They... They being, I think, PTA specifically wanted this to be a traditional release film. And so it is not available on streaming. And there's not really a date where we think it might be. Where some of these, like, once they go on DVD sale, you might be able to rent them a couple weeks later. But this one is having a pretty long run in theaters, which is not ideal for us uh, homebodies. We homebodies. Yeah, so... um... Again, it's it's a '70s style movie, um, coming of age tale. There there are some big names in it like Sean Penn and Bradley Cooper, uh, but then there are some more uh, smaller names like Cooper Hoffman, who is our Lord and Savior, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, um, making his film debut. Um, as as soon as we see this movie, we're gonna have to have a debate to see which. Uh, which actor's son had a better debut? Um, James Gandolfini's son in Many Saints in New York, Newark or Cooper Hoffman? Yeah, I haven't seen Many Saints. Uh, I heard, well, I guess I had read that uh, Alana Haim got maybe snubbed for Best Actress this year, and she's also in Licorice Pizza. I think she's the daughter of someone too, but I don't remember whom. Hmm. Um, Many Saints of Newark, which unfortunately did not get nominated in any category. Um, well, unless I'm missing something. Um, either way, I, I saw today that that's going to be back on HBO Max pretty soon. So uh, get ready to fire is that, that up a again. TV movie or is that a... Did they show that in the theater? Uh, I feel like they might have had it on some screens. I'm not sure how many. Who's to say? Moving on. Um, oh, another, another Academy favorite. Uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro, uh, his movie Nightmare Alley is nominated for Best Picture. That one is uh, starring just the great Bradley Cooper once again. Um, Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara, yeah, Rooney Mara, not the other Mara, um, are starring in that movie. That one's on Hulu and HBO Max, um, which is a little bit of a a neat deal. So if you don't have one, you should definitely make sure you watch it on the other. Uh, this one is like a thriller based on a circus of sorts, psychedelic. I don't know. This the Latino King Guillermo del Toro here is he just knows how to make an interesting film, whether that's shape of water or like Pacific rim, uh, I'll watch anything that he, he puts up, even if it's like Hellboy or something insane like that. Love Guillermo. Yeah, I was, I guess I was not, ex this one surprised me that it was included as a best picture film. And I have got to wonder if it's inclusion on streaming as of last week, maybe led to some recency bias for a few of our dear Academy voters. Uh, I, really enjoyed the movie i guess i just didn't expect it to be here but it's a fun watch and it's uh it's real dark and pretty gory at times uh guillermo del toro is on his shit it's great yeah i'm not sure if they would 
have been able to vote as late as last week, but Guillermo is a pretty awesome advocate for, for cinema. He's a pretty big fan of just about any type of movie. And along with Licorice Pizza, this just might be another way for the Academy to make sure that Bradley Cooper shows up or is it, or is like at least available in some capacity because he's definitely a, a superstar. Next up is West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg. Ever heard of him? Um, this is obviously a reboot, remake of the classic West Side Story um, movie slash play slash there's just been a million different iterations and adaptions. Uh, this one is only in theaters right now. Um, it may or may not be on Disney Plus or HBO Max soon. I saw that and I was curious, but that has to do with like studios changing hands and like where the distribution is going to be. I don't, that's not like something that's that's solid. Plus West Side Story was doing really well in theaters. So I'm not sure if they're super eager to just pull it. I mean, based on like the the costume, the music, like the spectacle of it all, that might just be a better movie to see in theaters anyway. Yeah, it depends what streaming service. If it comes to HBO, it will be HD. If it comes to Disney, it will be 4K. So uh, you know where my allegiances are here. Yeah, um, Rachel Zegler, um, there was some talk for Best Actress uh, consideration for her out of this movie, but she was not um, nominated. Uh, Ariana DeBoss. Uh, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress from that film. Um, other than our guy Steven being nominated for Best Director, I don't really see it anywhere else on this trusty Hollywood Reporter list. Um, got nominated for Sound, Cinematography, Production Design, and Costume. So kind of uh, competing with Dune in a lot of those categories. Hmm. So it's the the theater geeks against the sci-fi nerds for for those categories, um, <laughs> or maybe you're both. We don't have to live in a binary world. Um, but yeah, like we mentioned, Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, uh, nominated for best director, uh, PTA for Licorice Pizza, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog and Yusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. Um, would like to point out three big names that we know. Uh, that's Paul Thomas Anderson, Kenneth Branagh, and Steven Spielberg. Uh, the last Best Director winner was a woman, and the best two Best Director winners were Asian. So uh, Yusuke Hamaguchi and Jane Campion are definitely... Um, they're not going to be overshadowed by a PTA or a Steven Spielberg, I, I think. I think um, that's, that's an area, a category, where hopefully more diversity keeps on expanding. Um, the thing is, with, with the actor nominations, there's a lot of, like I said before, get me Bradley Cooper to this award show, get me Leo, get me Meryl, get me Jennifer Lawrence, like, there are those sorts of nominations. So it's a little bit harder for, for people like that to see their names on these lists. Uh, I see Penelope Cruz, uh, Latina actress. She's got, she got nominated for Best Actress at uh, Parallel Mothers, which is another movie that is just, you'll have to find it somewhere because it's not on streaming. Best Actor, Javier Bardem, 
uh, Will Smith and Denzel each got nominated. Uh, let's talk snubs. Where are you seeing the snubs? Um, we have, I have a list of like a lot of them. I thought we might see in certain areas or at least have like uh, an argument to be made that they could have been included. Sure. Uh, so my first one would be, I, I really only, I guess, have two major-ish ones. I could make arguments for other ones, but um, I thought The Green Knight should probably have been nominated for something. I don't necessarily think it was a best picture, but Dev Patel was great in it, and it looked really good, and it was a fun watch. I'd compare it strongly to Tragedy of Macbeth, which also, I mean, that didn't get snubbed up. Like, there's plenty of nominations, but is a visually stunning kind of old Englishy Arthurian legend tale. I thought it was good enough to at least get maybe like a cinematography or a production design. Uh, I thought it was weird that there's not any nominations for it at all when we're throwing them out for uh, plenty of other things that may, may or may not be less deserving. Yeah, I'm just going to tackle this right away. This is the opposite of a snub. This is a, uh, why did this get nominated um and that's being the ricardos not that movie has is not nominated for best picture it does not see um aaron sorkin in best director uh but nicole kidman was nominated for best actress javier bardem as i mentioned before for best actor they they even got jk simmons uh best supporting actor and I love J.K. Simmons. He, he's already got a Best Supporting Actor statue, which is great for him. But I don't see why they have nominations in, like, three main performance categories and kind of nowhere else. Like, not even in adapted or original screenplay, which is, like, Aaron Sorkin's bag, like writing movies. <laughs> uh, some might say he should give up directing and just stick to penning scripts, but I would say that. Yeah, that one is, I, I'm not sure why. I don't know why being the Ricardos has so much representation in, in these areas. I get it. It's Nicole Kidman and Nicole, it, she's doing the biopic thing, um, but still, it, that one's a little bit curious to me. And Green Knight. Uh, other movies that got not or that got ignored, um, like Bergman Island or even Tick Tick Boom, I thought would have a few more uh, looks in other areas. Whether that's like Lin Manuel or I don't know, just just getting getting that a little bit more recognition or House of Gucci, which was which was blanked. Our guy Ridley Scott got blanked. That sucks. Uh, it got makeup and hair, right? Yeah, but yeah, no, it, it's a it's a Please. movie about a fashion house, so it's like they uh, they knew they were securing that one. Congrats yeah. to them, but uh, kind of sucks. I think Lady Gaga was a little bit let down. If I was reading Twitter right, she had like flies buzzing around her by the end of production, and she needed a psychological assistant because it was, uh, I guess, mentally taxing. So I don't know. I I had also heard. I think it was more joke tweets. But um, something for Jared Leto, who I heard but have not seen, was just off the rails in that movie. Sounds, uh, I don't know. I am still excited to see it, despite uh, the lack of love from the Academy. Yeah. Um, to, quote, to quote the great Laurence Olivier, why don't you try acting, my dear? 
Uh, <laughs> anyway, Lady Gaga, I'm sorry you did not get a Best Actress nomination. You may have gotten robbed from gosh, Stars Board. Anyway, um, among other snubs, I, I got to bring it up. Spider-Man No Way Home. If you're going to have 10 nominations and a noisy movie like Dune or a, a popular one like Nightmare Alley or something like that, why can't a, a large... Last time we checked, Spider-Man No Way Home was like fifth all-time box office despite the pandemic. Why can't a, a large, noisy movie like that get a Best Picture nomination? I, I know it's not... It wasn't doing the same things as like Black Panther when that got nominated, but still. Yeah, I don't think that there's a particularly good excuse for it not to be included based upon the context of everyone was just inside for a year and a half or less or more. And I think for a lot of people, Spider-Man was maybe the first movie that got people to go back to the cinema. And I would think that the Academy would want to reward that type of movie given the rest of the nominations where they, I mean, they excluded a lot of streamers. They excluded Tick, Tick, Boom, Netflix movie. They excluded uh, Ricard or yeah, Ricardo's from Amazon. Like they clearly have a bias towards movies released in the traditional format. Spider-Man was that made a boatload of money. Uh, and like, I don't know, didn't Avatar get a best picture? Nah, didn't, one of the Marvel movies, uh, I don't know. Spider-Man No Way Home is number four domestic all time. It's about 11 million behind Avatar. So I don't know. That's a big movie. I think it needs to at least be in the conversation. It's six all time worldwide too, um, which I feel like is a big deal. We've had this conversation before uh, on the last podcast about spider-man no way home we've talked uh, and had conversations about this before but it, it's a movie that got people to the theaters despite uh, a lot of reasons not to go uh, so for me i would i mean i would have some other movies probably nominated before spider-man no way home but if i could swap out no way home for dune uh, and have that be the way that the academy still gets the day on the red carpet that's what i would do like that would be this is the movie that like all the other uh, film podcasts and stuff talk about as like, this is what can save the Oscars is you just occasionally have to nominate the, the noisy film, the one that everybody's excited about the one that people were absolutely losing their minds over. I lost my mind over it. Yeah. People want to see it multiple times. I don't think that's true of power of the dog. And again, I think we got to reward that with something i don't know i know the visual effects are good but like the way that cinema has been going for years at least for most pop culture stuff is the marvel format and this is that and ties it up and i think that specific storytelling style should be recognized yeah i mean it's a it's a great way to also get willem dafoe there uh just being out of his mind that would be well, cool. he'll be there for nightmare alley oh Boom, the Foes of Nightmare Alley. I didn't even remember that. Um, yeah, I'm going to throw that one on. Uh, French Dispatch, uh, our guy Wes Anderson did not get nominated. Uh, 
not in any of the acting categories, which I caught French Dispatch last week. I liked it a lot. Um, I liked the storytelling aspect of it. I get that it was kind of a more, um, I, I, don't, I don't know if serialized storytelling is the correct phrase. However, um, it's like separate storylines. Procedural, throughout. sort of. Yeah. No, that's not really right either. But yeah, I appreciated that as well. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the the set design, how how every shot kind of looked like a old school magazine cover, like that's what they were going for. And that one I still recommend watching. I, I think people should watch that. It's a fun movie. It's colorful. Bill Murray, Owen Wilson, Fran, uh, Francis McDormand, Chalamet, just a lot of great performances. Um, Oh, can't forget Benicio. Benicio's serving. I thought maybe he would have gotten the best supporting nomination for that one, but I can see why he did. I didn't love that movie as much, but I am pretty surprised it didn't get a nomination for production design or cinematography or any of any of the technical categories. It was like I didn't love the movie, but it was still like real fun to watch. The color palette was really cool. The sets were super cool. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think if you're a Wes Anderson fan, that this movie scratches all the right itches. Uh, and yeah, I am too surprised that he didn't get nominated for any sort of like set design stuff because that's kind of Wes Anderson's bag. Like whether that's Grand Budapest or like Moonrise Kingdom or Life Aquatic, like just they're generally beautiful looking films in terms of what he does there. Let's see. I, I think my other two big snubs, uh, I really enjoyed Tragedy of Macbeth, um, even though I think that was a, uh, just based on all the Shakespearean dialogue and the density of it, that might have been a little bit of a turnoff for some people. Um, I still thought it was visually the most beautiful movie that I had watched this year. Uh, even beating out like the likes of Dune, which was a, a gorgeous movie in its own right. Uh, I just like the way it looked myself. Um, that's a personal note. And lastly, I will say The Last Duel. How come that didn't get nominated? Or how come none, none of the other categories uh, saw some Last Duel representation? I thought that should get uh, a screenplay nod at least, right? Like it's, it's Damon and Affleck. Come on, man. And Matt Damon is just super weird in it. And yes, it, there's some parts that are going to uh, require like a warning for some people. But like the story was cool. Telling a story through three different perspectives was a pretty neat trick. And it's not like there's these schmuck actors. It's uh, Matt Damon. Uh, I can't remember Adam Driver's name for some reason. Ben Affleck is there. I don't know. That was, I thought that was an enjoyable watch. It made me really relish not living in medieval times also because that seemed pretty terrible i mean ben affleck just serving one of the performances of the year and he gets nominated for a razzie but not a academy award i i know how the academy must feel about ben affleck and it hurts my feelings it hurts my feelings although you know i feel like he i feel like he wrote the bulk of the movie and then gave the plushest part to himself because he get just gets to hang out he 
almost has to have like purposely dumb, bad facial hair because it's so silly and so over the top. It reminds me of Robert Pattinson in The King is, uh, is the same level. And he just gets to have fun and be like a, a hedonist party dude. Seems fun. Seems like a good role. I mean, that's the move because it seemed like it was very easily looking like a setup for Matt Damon to be in his role. And then, of course, Affleck would have taken the driver role instead. Um, but I like that he was a little bit more of a uh, third third wheel in this dynamic. Um, Ridley Scott, 84 years old, for all of his grinding on these movies, he does not get a nomination for The Last Duel for House of Gucci. And to reward us, we get uh, the movie Kitbag coming out next year from Ridley Scott, which stars Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Jodie Comer, and Vanessa Kirby. And it is about Napoleon Bonaparte. So I'm in. <laughs> C'est la vie. <laughs> Another historical drama out of Ridley Scott for for not getting nomination, he he rewards us with another like great sounding movie. We're just not worthy right now, not worthy. I'm gonna let that one sit for a little while. Um, any other snubs or any other people uh, you think we're missing from certain categories? Uh, minor snub, I would say. Matrix Resurrections had the best visual effects of any movie last year. It was so good. Uh, not the entire movie. The visual effects specifically were superb. And also, like, this one's a little silly, but I would put King Kong vs. Godzilla in that category, too, where it, like, looked so good. Like, it's a really dumb, bad movie, but it looked really good. <laughs> they have, they're just two dumb, big monsters destroying... I forgot the city because it's a dumb, bad movie. I don't know if I've said that. Uh, I, I don't know. I think we have to at least be honest and say that that was like one of the best visual movies last year. I can't remember. I think they go from like Fort Lauderdale to Hong Kong or something or Tokyo. I don't think it's Tokyo. That might've been too cliche, but they, they go back to some major city in Asia. I can't remember which one it is. Yeah. A hard agree on matrix four. Um, the visual category, like best visual effects, is definitely stacked with a bunch of fun movies that people have watched, uh, like Free Guy, which I recommended on the last podcast, uh, Shang-Chi, um, there's our Spider-Man No Way Home, best visual effects, um, there's your consolation prize, and like No Time to Die, sure, visual effects. Um, I, I feel like that's just become a dumping ground for popcorn movies, which is a little unfortunate because people still like these kind of movies. That's I, the fourth bullet point that I have. <laughs> that exact sentiment that visual effects is just an analog for best popcorn flick once again. Yeah. Uh, should they bring up the uh, best popular movie Oscar or do you think that's a little condescending? It's a little condescending. Uh, but I think it would be valuable well, I don't know. I feel like if they said that these three movies or whatever all won, everyone would be happy and that would make people watch. And then it would be a race for the number two and three spot usually because there's usually like one massive movie, like your 1917 or whatever, that like, oh, wow, this was a popular movie that 
might have gotten nominated or a Spider-Man this year where everyone kind of agrees that that's the one and then Dune and uh, Shang-Chi are fighting it out or whatever. Yeah. Give out more hardware, I guess, <laughs> is my point. I would like to see that category and I'd like to see a, an ensemble category like Screen Actors Guild gives out. I mean, ideally with the stretching of the category because they start doing this like after Dark Knight got scrubbed, like our scrubbed snubbed back in 08 because they wanted uh, more films like that. And we, we saw the benefits of that, whether that's Black Panther getting nominated or I'm trying to think of some other noisy movies that weren't necessarily like the auteur shape of it. Um, I don't think Marriage Story would have necessarily been included in 2020 or Joker for that matter. I think Marriage Story would have. I like that one. Jojo Rabbit? Ooh, I love me some Jojo Rabbit. Uh, that one, insane rewatchability on Jojo Rabbit. That one I wasn't expecting, but just really good film. Um, but like I was saying, I think the ideal situation is be like, mm. if you're nominating 10 best pictures, just reserve one or two spots for, I don't know, the movie that made the most money. The one that you know, by making the most money is clearly the one that the most people have seen. And even if it's just a nomination, that's how you get people to tune into a show that's been, I mean, live TV and uh, stuff like that has been declining in viewership for years now, but I don't know, you could at least stop the bleeding a little bit if fucking Tom Holland is sitting next to Zendaya at the Oscars because that's what people want to see. They don't want to see they're like, probably making out if they're sitting next to each other also. I mean, I hope so. But like they don't want to see I mean, all due respect to Steven Spielberg, but he's been there a thousand times. We we know Steven Spielberg and we're very well aware of his works. Um and despite how good West Side Story is or isn't, I, I still would still would look in other areas to just boost viewership and boost the fun of it. I still like movies that are thinkers and have, have a little bit more about auteur style to them. But you know me, I also like the, the loud, knowing shit. Marvel, Michael Mann films, just feed me a rom-com every now and then. I love it. My, my letterbox is esoteric and obscure. Yeah, it sounds like you're getting all your food groups, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I would say, like, include the biggest box office winner for the year and compare it to winning your conference or winning your division in a sport, and then you get into the playoffs automatically. That's what it is. It's yeah. not home court advantage. You just, you got a seed. You're in the, you're in the conversation. Yeah, exactly. And more movies should be in the conversation like this. Um, any other thoughts or anything like that i did just want to kind of run through my list lastly of the movies i think people should watch to get prepared more fully for the academy awards but i don't have any other thoughts on snubs um i don't either no we're good all right um to wrap the show grab your phone get the notepads app open grab a pen start writing this down because i got a list of uh, more than 10 movies, uh, more than just the best picture nominations to get you ready. Um, or if you already have these checked off your list, then that's great. You're already ahead of the curve on your homework assignment. 
Um, so in alphabetical order, we have Being the Ricardos, directed by Aaron Sorkin, Belfast, directed by Kenneth Branagh, Coda, directed by CN Heater, uh, Don't Look Up, directed by Adam McKay, Drive My Car, directed by Yusuke Hamaguchi, Dune, directed by Denis Villeneuve, King Richard, directed by Reynaldo Marcus Green, Licorice Pizza, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, Nightmare Alley, directed by Guillermo del Toro, uh, Spencer, directed by Pablo Laurent, Power of the Dog, directed by Jane Campion, uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth, a Joel Cohen picture, Tick Tick Boom, directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, and West Side Story, uh, directed by Spielberg himself. So catch up on those films. I think they'll be relatively set. I included Spencer on there, by the way, because Kristen Stewart got nominated for Best Actress, and Paolo Laron makes some pretty great films. And he's, he's a Chilean director that's going to be uh, probably a, a more stable fixture in the Academy Awards in the years to come because he's he puts up some, some good stuff, whether that's like a movie about Pablo Neruda or um, any, any sort of other... He's a biopic guy. He really likes to make some biopics. Uh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Jackie. Uh, he, he got... Natalie Portman a nomination for that one. I would add only The Lost Daughter onto this uh, since Olivia Colman's got a Best Actress nomination and uh, Jesse Buckley for Supporting Actress and it's got an adapted screenplay and as a bonus for all of her friends, it's on Netflix, so it's easily accessible. True. I didn't include that one because they ignored Dakota Johnson and I do not stand well, for that. I just did too. Anyway, you can catch myself on Letterboxd, I'm going to keep plugging that at Jordan underscore Smith 27. Uh, you can go and check out what I have watched recently, um, what I've rated things, uh, check out some of the lists that I have. I do have an Academy Award list on there as well. Uh, so you can go and check that out. Sign up for Letterboxd. It's a, it's a fun little tool. Uh, Roger, where can we find you? You can find me at Raj underscore Podge on Twitter. Uh, I may, I'll try to tweet about the movies I haven't seen yet, the best picture ones. Um, and you can follow me at Raj15Podge on Instagram if you want pictures of food that I make primarily. Oh, yeah. Big recommend on that. Um, but, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you um, have a satisfying amount of Oscars coverage. We'll definitely be back discussing these movies as uh I guess as we see them, because um, a lot of these we haven't seen yet, leading up to the Oscars on March 27th. So thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you later, movie nerds. Bye. Bye.